0: Hi, my name is Leslie Bustard. Welcome to The Square Halo, a place for conversation with friends who have shared their ideas in our Square Halo books. In this episode, I will be talking with Ruth Naomi Floyd. Ruth contributed to It Was Good, making music to the glory of God. A very talented woman, Ruth is a music educator, a composer, a photographer, and a jazz vocalist. When you
1: say, this is who I am, tell us about you. At the heart, I am a teaching artist. I love the collaboration. I love the exchange between teacher and student. I learn so much from my students, and I hope Mm -hmm. they learn from me. But it's really a dialogue and conversation. I do instruct because that's my job. But I also love the idea of creating... um, in the future, there may be a part where there's just where I'm able to just create. But right now, and for 20 years, I love being able to do both. They inform each other, and yes. so um, I love that exchange. Um, I wouldn't be the artist I am. I wouldn't be the singer, the composer, the photographer, the, the justice worker. Without teaching, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be the teacher without creating, and so I, I love that there are people that just create and people that only uh, teach. For me, I'm very, very grateful to be able to do both.
0: So, who do you teach?
1: Tell us about where, <laughs> for, what, sure, where the um, places that you're teaching for the past twenty years. I have done kindergarten through high school. Um, for the past 16 years, university level. So really a bulk of it's been kindergarten to university. So yes, I have said to my university students, your homework, oh, excuse me, assignment is. uh, (laughs) um, That's great. This past June, I just resigned from teaching middle school and high school. So Um, that area of education is done Mm -hmm. and I'll miss it especially the hugs from the wee ones but going forward it'll just be university I have the honor of being director of jazz studies at Karen University and I also am an artist in residence um, at Temple University, so I'll focus That's on those so two. So wonderful!
0: Things. When I look at your Instagram feed and I look at the children that you've been teaching, I think I wish I got to be one of your students cool. in some way. I think what a rich. Rich experience
1: they must have been having. Yeah, must I became a grand grand teacher. Did so, you? Yes, yeah, so teaching I'm an adult, children of
0: just the children of I students. taught. Yes. How is it that we're old enough that we yes. can be saying things like
1: that? yes? But I, I'll, I will miss it. But I need more time to to create. And at the school, there's always need for a new voice. Yes. And so there needs to be a younger mm. and new mm. voice that can bring different aspects to it. That, True. Yeah. So what takes up your imagination right now? I love the theme of imagination. Um, To imagine beyond the stars, to dream, to create. So there's a lot. Um, I... Have a deep, profound love affair with history, mm. and um, it's unfair to look at history through the lens of 2019 or 2020. So you need that imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the facts, and you have the the historical data. But yet there's still aspect, even to history, yeah. of imagining. I love that. I love the imagination of what sounds, of what notes go together. Mm. I love the idea of hearing it and imagining it before I put it to the score. Probably the aspect of imagination, I... I that reflects the deepest part of my souls with photography, which my degree's in. Um, hmm, I did is, not know Yes, that. which is pre-visualization. Yes. And so I am a photographer. I'm, I mean, I've gotten a little bit better. Mm. Um, doing a little bit of sports photography when I'm like at a Phillies game or something like that, capturing the decisive moment. Mm. Um, but I love pre-visualizing and then going out and trying to capture that image that I imagine. And it's never caught, which is beautiful and profound too. Sometimes it comes out far better, rarely, (laughs) um, sometimes, um, it doesn't, but it's that reflection mm. and communication of the imagination. So yeah, mm. I love that. And I, I just love that that we are first introduced to God as an artist, um, not as Lord and Savior, not as the Comforter, not as our Father, but as the artist. Art and artist. And the artist who improvised and who mm. imagined yes. and created. And so the first and greatest Artist gives us the great gift of imagination at the very beginning too.
0: Because when he beginning. calls us out to go out into the world, it's to image him. So we yes. have to use our imagination, yes, um, to to image him in that. So. As we think about imagination, as we think about what takes up your days, what has what would you say right now, or in your history, what have been influences for you, whether it's in the visual arts or the musical arts or theologically, if you could say, these are some of the people that have put me on a path or have
1: enlarged my imagination. Sure. Hesitate to use these because I just have a long list of heroes. are yes, those who that's hard. have pushed me, mm-hmm. kicked me, um, gently and lovingly, patiently led me. Um, so that's a long list. Uh, gosh, mm. um, I will. I will describe. Oh, that's good. Okay. I like that. Um, the ones who, in the wee hours of the morning, that have deeply inspired me, are those artists artists who, through their art, or thinkers, or theologians, who have caused me, um, or pushed me, to really be reflective, hmm. and to have the strength and the courage, it does take strength and courage, to hold up a mirror and to see what's looking back at me. Hmm. And not always just to see the flaws, many, um, but really to see the contradictions, um, to see the full image. And then, of course, from there, I look and see um, the one who made me and that this face with all its flaws, with all of its beauty, because we all come from the beautiful one, so we are all beautiful, that that is a picture of grace and strength, and so Mm -hmm. those artists that really speak to me in that way.
0: In your essay, It Was Good, Making Music to the Glory of God, you um, start off and you give us this picture of the Emancipation Proclamation. Um, And you say, a solemn reality of a freed life Still tightly wrapped in oppression, it was not the freedom from which they hoped, fought, and prayed. Grief, sadness, abandonment, loneliness, pain, and suffering were the solemn reality of life. There was a burden to this new reality of freedom, as newly freed Africans were in most cases still viewed and treated as only partially human. In the midst of the struggle to endure life in a different way, the liberated slave used their musical instinct to create a body of music that pointed us to the reality of life and struggle. It was the blues. So then you list just a, a song. So I wanted you to read some of that, just so we can get a feel for what that is.
1: Sure. Ain't robbed no train, ain't done no hanging crime. Just tell him, slave to the blues, even found that man of mine. Blues do tell me, do I have to die a slave? Do you hear me screaming? You're going to take me to my grave. If I could break these chains and let my worried heart go free, well, it's too late now. The blues have made Slave of me. You see me raving, you hear me crying. Oh Lord, this wounded heart of mine. Folks, I'm a grieving from my head to my shoes. I'm a good hearted woman, but still I'm chained to the blues. Mm. Ma Rainey, slave to the Mm. blues. So tell
0: me a little bit, which this would also be asking a huge question, but a little bit of the life of the blues. You say in your essay that is the offspring of African-American spirituals and the forerunner of African-American gospel music. And when I was doing a little bit more research, they would even say it's the forerunner to jazz. It's the forerunner Absolutely. to rock and roll. It's so embedded into like the, the DNA of our music in America. So, just a little bit. I mean, that's a huge question. I know. Yes. But
1: Teach a whole for, course on exactly, this. Exactly. I apologize. But maybe
0: and it's hard to get when, it in in one
1: semester. I but Yeah. No. No. How about like just
0: where and when and and and
1: where it was coming from? Sure. Um, the reality is is that dehumanized, oppressed. In every way, physically, emotionally, sexually, and sadly, absolutely spiritually, the African prisoner of the forced labor system of American slavery lifted their heads and sang. And so the African American spirituals, are for a quest of freedom, many other things, but the quest for freedom. The Emancipation Proclamation brought a quote-unquote newfound freedom, but it wasn't true freedom. And so in the midst of that reality, the lament began and it became, it was formed in a different way. And so they started really telling even a deeper truth about American mm-hmm. slavery, mm-hmm. about white Christianity. And there's the blues. Very similar to the blues book in the Bible. Yes, and you bring that up. Yes, you do. So say. this sense of, and it's layered. And coded in different ways. So a lot of my students are like, the blues are just about wine and my man's gone. I ain't got no food. I'm going to blame the man. Hmm. Now you have to look deeper. You have to look deeper. It's about the reality of life and that newfound burden of freedom, which is supposed to lift the burden, but it became heavier in a lot of ways. And so... Um, It can look like my man's gone, ain't coming back no more. That was true. All of us have suffered heartache. (laughs) Um, But on a deeper level, it's about this separation, this lack of being viewed as human, that the signer of the Emancipation Proclamation at the time still did not think they were 100% human. And so art reflects what's going on in our soul. But in the midst of that, there's still that glimmer of hope. These are people that will not give up. There's still that sense of protest. There's still that sense of resistance. So you have a blue spiritual, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows but Jesus. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Glory? Hmm. Hallelujah? Hallelujah. And so that blues is layered throughout Black art, throughout Black music. You have it with Marvin Gaye, what's going on. You have an MLK saying, I may not get there with you, Mm. but we'll get there. Mm. And so that glimmer of hope in the midst of the blues... And so it's deeply theological. It's deeply. You know, you had a time in America, even in African-American communities, where there was resistance to the blues. Blues are secular. Hmm. Maybe they felt that way, history tells us, because of where the blues were played. Or what history, sometimes incorrectly, and sometimes correctly, tells us, what was going on, where the blues were played, the Mm -hmm. behavior. But the reality was there always that glimmer of hope. Mm -hmm. And so all the tensions that come historically, culturally, with the blues is that at the end of the day, there is hope. And we have Mm -hmm. Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. We have Job, a great blues singer. Why was I birthed? Yes. Um, And then we have the greatest Blue singer singing the greatest blues song of all time from the cross my god my god why has thou forsaken me he knows the answer he is the answer yet he asked the question and that's the power of the blues
0: that it gives us permission that's what I was. One questions. of the things I was noticing in your essay, uh, there's several different threads. The idea of what's the background to the blues yeah. as a music, but then thinking about it with first how you brought up Job, um, and then Christ, and how you you end up moving into this is giving us the to be human and to ask those questions. Will this pain pass? Right. Um, But then we're not kept there. Right. I mean, but the pain is taken seriously. Yeah. It's a real thing.
1: I love how Jesus, when I was a young child, Garden Gethsemane was so confusing. I grew up in the Rambo area. To me, this is the point where Jesus was Rambo. He's supposed to be not like gang warring like Peter did, taking off the ear. He's supposed to be like, let's bring it. We're going to bring down this Roman Empire. And I just was like, why do we find him... Weeping. B- blood. Yes. Sweats of tears. Like, yes. And asking, can this cup pass? Like, mm-hmm. he had to know. And yet, I, as I grew and experienced brokenness yes. and experienced pain, then I understood that he, I love. He knew the answer. Yes. He knew it was to more, walking towards more pain. Right. But I love that he asked the question, mm-hmm. can this cup Yes, and that's a question. If you live long enough, and it doesn't have to take a long time, you're going to ask. How gonna long ask, am I going to be? How the long, sorrow, Lord, in the suffering and yes. the pain? But there is an end, and a lot of times it's not
0: on this side, right? That's a question right. that's hard to hear that answer to.
1: But that's Sometimes also not why gonna, that's part of our hope, yes. too. And that's why he didn't give David hmm. Jeremiah 29. The Lord, right. he gave that's Jeremiah. True. If you want to talk about depressing life, so he says a future and a hope. Was it, did Jeremiah experience that on earth? Mm -hmm. Will we? Did the 400 years Mm -hmm. those African prisoners waited for that glimmer of hope and they had to die until they received it? Right. So the blues are that it's going to be rough, it's going to be tough. Let's be honest, let's tell the truth. Let's lament. They teach us how to, to lament. lament. And then take up your cross and follow. Oh, yeah. And get up. And reach for that hope. That glimmer of hope that's in every blues song.
0: Because you do. You talk about the hope. But you remind us in the essay, um, with both blues and with Christ, that there's grief there's sadness, there is abandonment, there's loneliness and pain. And, you're, and by using those words for me while I was reading it and thinking about what the blues do and then what happened to Christ, how he was abandoned, how there was the pain, how there was not just the disciples, but God the Father abandoning him on the cross. You know, and how sometimes it's easy to uh, forget the real reality of an embodied Christ Really experiencing that, and there was something about putting his words and connecting them to our embodied songs of suffering in the blues that made it new for me—a new way yeah. um, to think about it. To think about the blues are in scripture, and how it reminds us.
1: And I, that I, learned, we can ask that. Those. I learned that doing over a decade work of HIV/AIDS last season of their life. In the beginning of AIDS, where in the beginning you didn't know how it was transmitted. Yes. And my whole tribe, my whole spiritual tribe, my Christian brothers and sisters were the last persons I could go to mm. to talk about that. They were just following the lines spoken by our Christian leaders. They're going to bust hell. wide open yeah. AIDS is a judgment. And yet, yeah. these beautiful people dying horrific, horrific deaths. And I was like, Where's the hope in that? Mm-hmm. And I had to learn about brokenness and pain and relinquishing and the blues through that. And it was it is the thing. At the end of my life that I, I will be very, very grateful for. My photographs I won't be thinking if I mm. if I know that I'm dying and I'm mm-hmm. you know, I've short time before, I won't be thinking of my photographs. Maybe not even my music. I'll be thinking mm-hmm. of those lives of of learning, of that, that that dance between the blues and hope the blues and hope and that time in my life taught me in a really mm. vivid way
0: is that when you found it was really starting to teach you the blues in yeah. life was when you were caring for
1: yes but those i grew up suffering. a daughter of of uh, urban missions and he, my dad and mom Moved us into one of the toughest neighborhoods because he said, We don't want to be outside coming into the rescue. We have to live, breathe. And so being caught in gunfire, my job was to uh, hose off the blood so that the mothers the next morning wouldn't have to see the blood of their sons. And so all that brokenness and that blues, but yet the hope and the beauty of a community that was ravaged by violence mm-hmm. still coming together and seeing. So that juxtaposition, I grew up from being born in that, um, that period of AIDS brought it real and to a different way, way. but um, it was set, and I'm so grateful. Mm -hmm. I always felt safe, and I think that speaks volumes to my parents. Um, I've felt very safe in the midst of all this chaos and violence around me, Um, and I would not be the artist I am. I would not see. I would not imagine. I would not be able to create or teach without that, and so I'm so utterly grateful to me. That's Equal to a Ph.D. from yes. Oxford.
0: Wow. I remember you telling me that story a while ago, and it's just coming back to me, you sharing that about your childhood. Um, were, did your parents enjoy listening to the blues, or were they more, was it more gospel no. music?
1: gospel. <laughs> and you have to understand the genera- their generation at that time, it was just piled on from the pulpit to even yeah. secular... Um, uh, areas that the blues were about whining and the blues were about, they, that they weren't sacred. So there wasn't a lot, there was a big division. There wasn't uh, this kind of, there was dividing line, sacred mm. and secular. Yes. And, um, you know, I remember the first time I went with older artists when I was like 20 and they're like, can we be a Christian artist? And I'm like, what? Like, that was bizarre to me, but the generation before me was really struggling. Yes. Because the only reason for art was to bring glory to God, which means, like, drawing a pretty picture for Mm -hmm. the church bulletin or decorating the church... Right Bulletin board That would be our experience Or too. sewing handkerchiefs for right. the elderly there was, there was only the reason for art And so even at 18 years old I went to this provocative Kind of edgy, radical group And that's what they were talking about Can we be Christians? Like, uh, yes <laughs> <laughs> um, So, wow. yeah So they grew up in that like, You know, classical music yes. Gospel music um, And yeah, so later on, I helped them to, to understand and love jazz. How to put that all together. Yeah, yeah, and not to reject their own culture right. and their own the, the byproducts and and what was birthed from the blood running warm in their veins. Yes. And so that historical knowledge, which was not available to them, right. um, sharing historical data and sharing with them helped them to understand this is our own. Yeah. And it came at such high cost. Then, yeah, And then they could end up seeing yeah. the goodness of jazz yes. and the blues. Yes. And they could own it. Yeah, and sing blues. And sing the blues. blues are in every music. Right. You know, the blues are universal, right? right. And so it's it's wonderful for them to see that, um, you know, American blues are profound. And we wouldn't have rock and roll without it. We wouldn't have jazz. We wouldn't have all of that. But, um, yeah, the theology of the blues starts...
0: So when did you start, though, connecting this idea of the blues with what, what was happening for with Christ and saying that we can now say, you know, he was singing the blues, you know, his prayers. You say that in the essay, this idea of all those things. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then later, my soul is very sorrowful, even unto death. Remain here and watch with me. And then he's crying to the Father in the garden, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And then, my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. You know, seeing that he's the one speaking the blues. When did you start making that? How did that idea come about? I think, you know,
1: going back, it was intertwined, especially mm-hmm. with history. And I, th- I think for me, as a child living in this... Um, Community that struggled to put food on their table That struggled to be safe Struggled to be viewed as human Struggled for equality Struggled for an education Access All those things I think it was really history And the Bible So I love history And I love theology And I think those two things I couldn't get enough of The, mm-hmm. the librarian would see me And exhale Like oh my gosh <laughs> Not <today?"> again <laughs> You know And, and so that that, that thirst for both of those, so I had both those point of views. Yeah. Um, and truths. Yeah. And so they became very intertwined that here's beauty, here's ugliness. How how does beauty redeemed? Mm-hmm. How is tragedy ugliness redeemed? And when I say beauty redeemed, I mean temporal beauty. Mm-hmm and what appears to be beauty but when you go beneath the surface is not um, falsehood false narratives of history stereotypes false images of black and brown people how and then having a worldview and mm-hmm. having when I say worldview having access to other empires and other history and other time and generations learning about the Vikings and learning about the the um, the British Empire and learning about the the dynasties in Asia and learning Africa in the 12th century. And so having that and then looking through that, through the lens of the cross and the lens Mm -hmm. of the Bible and understanding that was just powerful. It's a powerful gift and one of the richest gifts God has given me is having those two things together. Wow. So I think from the beginning, my parents knew history but they weren't passionate about it but it, it was a way of escape for me mm-hmm. so I'm grateful for that but as we were talking about imagination it's what
0: enlarged your imagination just yeah. that studying of history and theology and right then being able to make these connections and move out into the world into what would end up being your art making so there's this this deep foundation of life experience but then studying yeah put put together
1: yeah. And brokenness. And brokenness. Seeing it. Around the world.
0: Yeah. From the beginning of time. Front, right. And not turning away or trying to pretend it didn't happen. Right. Staring at it. So, for me, I don't have a lot of i mean i did take i took my music classes seriously when I was in school, so when i'm singing and i'm in what in, in a hymnal, I can figure out how many beats it's supposed to be or if there's right. like but in your essay, you explain the sixteen bar blue the sixteen bar blues form. Can you explain that sure Just like so I can understand it a little bit more
1: sure um Gosh, I think one of the hard things about the blues is that um, a lot of people think it's simple. A, A, B. So A is first line. My man's gone and he ain't coming back no more. Repeat A. My man's gone and he ain't coming back no more. Same melodic line, same lyric. Third line, different lyric, different melodic line. He left again, just like he did before. Mm. And so that's just one form of the blues. It gets very elaborate. And at first glance, it it appears very simple. So you have people saying, I can play the blues. Mm -hmm. But accessing um, that music theory, what I would say even now, jazz theory through the lens of the blues, is harder to communicate that feeling of the blues so can someone who's just beginning music play the blues from the chords Yes, you teach Mm -hmm. these chords can they bring about the feeling of the blues Um, there's many singers who can sing the blues there's not many blues singers Mm -hmm. and so it's it's about that theory, which is beautiful, and the root of so much rock and roll and those things. But it's also about um, creating that feeling, that connection. So if I sing one song, that that text painting, that 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 cultural singing of what you do with your vibrato, how you attack those consonants, how you overemphasize those consonants, those vowels. How you use original dialect and doing that is beautiful and profound and you find that around the world in world music um, that 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 those blues are there it was there in not the, in the camps Auschwitz the composers that wrote songs those that blues aesthetic yeah. um, but it's very 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 complex and beautiful and layered Um but you have to approach it with that sense of of sorrow so you have a lot of different kind of blues where they have the blues chords but it's not blues it's not blues, blues. making music making
0: because there doesn't have the life in it that the depth. needs to have the depth in it is it does this sound too naive to say maybe the person singing it hasn't had the light the depth depth of sorrow to
1: sing it or, not or is not willing vulnerable. to be vulnerable or to show it Hmm. And I would say those, you also know a true blues singer because they have sat at the feet of the culture Hmm. and the history of the music. Okay. So I could get the best singer in Lancaster play Mm -hmm. 16-bar blues, and they could sing something and sound beautiful. But are they blues singers? So Mm -hmm. that's why I say there's many can sing the blues mm-hmm. there's not many blues singers mm. and they say the greatest blues singer never stops singing mm. and that's why Zephaniah is so beautiful because he sings the greatest blues singer never stops singing
0: oh because he's always singing over us yes wow. wow I love those connections to think about it that yeah. way too because you say in the essay that Jesus prays a loose version of this, of yes, 16-bar
1: blues. In Why the does he garden. Do that? No. In the garden. How does he do that? Yeah, well, he, by repeating. Mm-hmm. Will he not pray me? Yeah. So he's talking about abandonment, alone. They just saw the transfiguration. Right. In like, right. <laughs> um, you would
0: think that maybe they'd want to hang out and be awake just right. to see maybe the transfiguration will happen again.
1: Right. But thank God I was not there because I would be the worst of them. But I um, understand. But <laughs> too. they they he he asked abide with me in the moment of the blues. They didn't know what was coming. Either. Yeah. And so he repeats that, I say in the essay, Will he comes back again? Wake up! Will you not yeah. stay with me and pray with me? And, yeah. and so then my man's gone and he ain't coming back. My man's gone and he, ain't coming he left me again just like he did before. Will you not pray with me? Will you not watch and pray with me? Mm-hmm. Not my will, but done. Yeah. Wow. Can this cup pass? have to drink of this cup of sorrows yeah and so that little Sunday school song I have decided to follow Jesus I cannot sing without crying because I think he did drink of that bitter cup and it did he walk towards more pain yeah so that we don't have to endure that pain forever right right but this Christian walk is about Enduring, Not only, not only, right. but, but not all, but it's about that sobering joy. Right. Because we're not going to not have suffering right. and sorrow. And so it's not about happiness, which is dependent on my daughter got a 4.0. She studied Greece. Yeah. It's, it's about joy on, right. in the midst of regardless of what's going on. As my kinfolk says, this joy that I have, the world didn't give me, and the world can't take away. Mm. And so... I think so,
0: for me, I feel like it's a lifelong journey of it is. even understanding what joy is. There's too many distractions of wanting that quick happiness instead of the, that deeper... Joy, which I feel like things you've shared with me sometimes has to even come with being grateful. You were talking about that earlier today. How about what are your thoughts?
1: Willingness joy, to lament. Willingness to lament. So, Ella, when I was younger, I was not willing to lament. I, yeah, that was scary. It is. And on some levels, it's a cultural thing, right? Too. Mm-hmm. Different cultures express lament in different ways, some quietly alone, some in community. I love the story of Ella, the enslaved African, who lived long enough to experience the Emancipation Proclamation. And on the plantation, she's the matriarch hmm. of the slaves. Plantation, 80 mm-hmm. something years old. Ella, we're free. Now I think Ella knew long enough life. That basically happened. Really happen, right. But Ella, won't you sing won't you dance with us? We're free. Not yet. long. It happened during your lifetime. You're free. Dance, Allah. Not yet. Hmm. And finally become come agitated and upset and say, Allah, you must dance. And she goes, hmm. where's my mother? Where's my father? Where's my husband? Where's my brother? Where's my children? Hmm. Where's my nieces? Where's my nephews? I will dance, but not yet. And what she's saying, I'm taking this moment to lament those that didn't get there with me. Yeah. And then I'll get up and dance. But first, I've got to lament. Wow. I've got to honor the blues. I've got to honor that suffering. And then I'll get up and rejoice in the joy that I wow. think instinctively she knew was not lasting. <laughs> that yeah. this was going to, this dance was going to go right back to that lament.
0: Yeah. Just thinking about that, thinking about her saying where's my mother where's my father where's my husband the reality children where's my children yeah the reality of even when I'm celebrating something which you're saying she probably knew the big picture in ways they weren't they couldn't see she couldn't just have a, a shallow happiness because of what really what the reality really was yeah. So you end the essay, um, you, you end the essay starting, and we were talking about this a little bit about hope, but I wanted to read it. God provided strength and comfort to Jesus, but he did not remove the burden of the cross. The cross represents a mixture of beauty, ugliness, violence, truth, abandonment, fellowship, suffering, pain, endurance, hatred, love, darkness, and light. It encompasses every, like I'm just thinking that's all of life mm-hmm. and then you say the blues teach us that if we embrace this life we have to endure what this life will bring God's word teaches us that if we embrace Christ and his cross we must also embrace what the cross represents and brings that long list we take up the cross we drink the cup God gives us Jesus went before and recognizes the struggle to obey and to relinquish our wills and our ways. It is the same Jesus who sends a comforter in the garden of our blues. So grateful to read that.
1: we're not alone. Yeah. We don't have to say, will you watch with us? Will you pray with us? Will you help us be with us? He says, if you walk through the fire yeah, and not be burned. Yeah. You will not be swallowed up. And it sure feels like that at times, doesn't it? It does. But we know that we know that we know mm-hmm. that we will not because of his walk of the path towards pain. And that he promises not to leave us or yes. forsake us. I love that God says, uh, no, you gotta drink that cup. But i you need a comforter.
0: To yeah. And we want to say, why? Why do you allow it? But he... But in the end, it's what, it's what life has in it. Yeah. How can we bring the blues into our community life to help us walk with
1: God in our pain? Willing to lament mm-hmm. corporately, together. You don't have to live there. You don't have to no. stay there. But that there's a space and a time to openly um, lament um, and to recognize that. Um, and to be present hmm. in it the blues you can't lie yes the blues lie. you have to tell the truth you have to tell the truth so I think truth telling hmm. is crucial because the lamenting word God, is right. so crucial and we right. can't lament if we're not being truthful right and so the word of God is true but also confession mm-hmm. um Reconciliation and telling the truth about sin, historical sins. I'm talking about justice. I'm not just talking about social justice. I'm talking about justice. Right. And so talking about that and telling the truth about that,
0: and then learning to let other people learning to really listen so they can truly lament. Right. Um, Right. Because I would, I would think true lamenting, true speaking truth, and listening and lamenting. Brings true unity. Yeah,
1: and reconciliation. You can't and even use that word now because it means so many things. It's been so.
0: What would be a better word down. to use? Do you think? Because I wrestle with that too. I think. Do I use word reconciliation? Well, what are we reconciled? Have we ever been reconciled? What would be the
1: right word? Do you think? I'm not sure. I, I like the idea of of true unity, but again. You have to acknowledge, you have to tell the truth about the wrongs. You have to lament. Mm -hmm. You have to confess. You have to lament. And not in a tenth of a second. Right. And lament means telling, if I punch you in the arm and it hurts you and I say, I am so sorry, Leslie. And then five minutes later, I punch you in the arm and say, I am so sorry. Truth telling, confession. And lament brings about a punch in the arm. Say, I am sorry, Leslie. I punched you in the arm, and that caused you pain. Hmm. And now you mistrust. You don't trust me. I'm sorry about that, for your pain, and for my behavior towards you. Lamenting, and then <laughs> James Baldwin says, "It's it's easier to cry than to change." So what it means is that I don't punch you in the arm again. Yes. And so it's just not, I'm sorry. I punch, I'm i talking about what motivated me. Mm-hmm. I was mad at you. You didn't give me a large cookie. So I punched you in the arm that time. And then I punched you again because you didn't give me lemonade. You gave me water. You know, so right. it's telling my motives of why I pushed you, what punched you, also how it made you feel, and then change. Yes change of behavior Mm -hmm. I never punch Leslie again Mm -hmm. and so it needs to be that thorough then it also especially if we're talking about reconciliation of America's sins Mm -hmm. and and in particularly through if we're talking about African American music and the blues then it means sharing power and that's where the church is like yeah we were good up until that point that's what yes Yeah, we. You're my brother. Equality. Yeah. mm, Yeah. Wait a minute. Sharing power. You mean you have a say now and economically what we do with our money? So Mm. that's where we're stuck. Which, if you're not willing to do that, that's not reconciliation. That's a kumbaya moment. But but when it comes to a certain point to change. No, I can lock arms with you. I can cry, and I mean weep but don't ask me to change. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So we really don't want reconciliation. Really what we want is kumbaya moments, and we want it ended and taken care of so we can move on. Right. So we can kind of go back to right. what we were like before. And we don't want the whole truth, because the whole truth is oh, too much to bear. Let, let's just is? say it was bad and move on. Yeah. Yeah. But we, ha- we can't do that. No. No. Because that breeds, you know, so, yeah. I
0: think what you're saying is true. <laughs> I don't know what else to do with it.
1: Um, It's a cost. Yeah. And it's not fun. It's a lot of hard work. It is. Uh, I'm trying to reconcile with someone now, and it's, I mean, it's like, I give up. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? Like sharing power? What does that mean? But confession, what does that mean? Of lament? What does that mean? Of forgiveness? It's hard work. It's hard
0: work even in just regular, everyday relationships. Right. right. You know, like you were saying, um, you can be sorry, but it's easier to stay in the... Sometimes it's easier to stay in the anger or mm-hmm. the the hostility than to change. Right. Even in just normal... It's easier to hold a
1: grudge than it is to let go of the grudge. Right. Sometimes I have found... And a truly um, lament means to sit and listen and not answer. Yeah. To really hear. hmm We've lost the art of listening and we've lost the art of an apology. Mm-hmm. So it has to be part of it. Yes. And
0: the art of the apology and maybe the art of the other side hearing learning to apologize and learning to hear the apology and what to do with the apology right like saying i hear the apology maybe i'm not ready to forgive you but learning to hear it i don't
1: know right that's a
0: and forgiveness is, a, is not instant it's not instantaneous
1: right. it isn't so like with this friend i'm saying we're both walking towards forgiveness yes we're not there yet because it deeply hurt I'm ready to move they're not that means I have to slow the pace I need to sit and or I need to stand where we are now true we're just parked stand. yeah we're not and I have to wait and patiently wait yeah. so I can take that next step hmm. I don't want to do that yeah I want to get back to coffee and talking sports. Right. Loving you and you loving me. And forgiveness right. Forgiveness and fuzzy wuzzies. <laughs> but that's real love.
0: Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Square Halo. You can download a free sample from the title we discussed today by visiting the podcast page at squarehalobooks.com. In art, a Square Halo identified a living person who was considered to be a saint. Square Halo Books is devoted to publishing works useful for equipping and encouraging today's saints. I hope you are encouraged and will join me again for other conversations.